Hello and welcome to the Music Survivor Guide podcast, the podcast for the 21st century musician, unless you're listening in the 22nd century, in which case, hello future, um, I'm probably dead now. So as you may have noticed, it's just me this week, hopefully we will soon be reunited and do a, a kind of full all-together podcast again, that would be lovely. Anyway, this week I wanted to chat about home studio acoustics, probably the most underrated and undervalued element of recording and especially recording at home or even on location so if you picture the scene you've moved house you've you know you've gone to a new place and all the rooms are empty and you walk into the space and you start talking and it sounds really unnerving because all the sound is sort of bouncing around it sounds really echoey and if you notice as you put your stuff in there as you get everything set up that echo goes away now that is what we are talking about that is acoustics Um, And it's really, really, really important to understand if you're going to get a great recording at home. So it's important to know if you're going to record in a room, what is actually happening in a room when sound happens. So sound happens. So say, I don't know, someone talks like me here and the sound projects from the source in all directions. Obviously, I mean, with a human voice, it's a bit directional because there's a head behind. But the sound generally does project in every single direction. So when you've got a microphone set up, then obviously part of that is the direct sound that goes straight into the microphone. And that's good. That's what you want. But some of that sound, if you're in an untreated room, will hit the walls and then bounce around and bounce back into the microphone with a bit of a a delay. And they'll reach the mic a bit later and it will play havoc with your sounds. It will make everything sound not quite the way you want. It'll maybe it'll get rid of some low end. It'll create some just really weird effects. And you do not want it in your recording, basically. That's the long and short of it. If you're recording in a small room or a room that's really, really echoey. So it's, you know, you, you walk in there and you just kind of hear so much natural ambience of the room you're going to need to control that ambience and there's loads of ways of doing it there's loads and loads and loads of ways of doing it so a good tactic if you're in an empty room or a nearly empty room go in there and clap clap your hands really loud and listen to the reverb listen to the tail of the the sound that happens imagine like some guitar reverb or you know you're in a big church that kind of thing it's going to sound a bit different to a big church, but clap your hands really loud and just listen, see what happens. If the reverb sounds really kind of harsh and metallic, almost painful, that's a bad sign. Um, that that means that there are some acoustics that really need to be controlled. Now, you could look out, you could be in a room that just happens to have some really nice reverb, and that's great. But every room, yeah, I'm going to say that, every room will benefit from some level of control and absorption and things like that. So, as I say, there are many, many methods of controlling acoustics. And probably what jumps straight to mind is acoustic absorption, by which I mean it could be anything from some foam to some like picture frame style panels that people have hung up. That's probably what's come straight to your mind. And that's because they're very common and they're very good and they work very well. So what these are is panels of material that are designed to absorb sound. So when sound goes from the source, whatever it may be, and it hits that wall, if that wall has got some acoustic control on it, then instead of it 
bouncing back into the microphone or wherever, wherever you don't want it to go. It will just go straight into the foam and then it won't come back in quite the same way. There is a, still a little bit of bounce back generally. You can't make an entirely dead room. And if you do, they're called anechoic chambers, I think. And they're really weird. They're good. Look them up. They're actually really weird. Um, anyway, that's a side note. They absorb sound. So the way to think about it is you need to initially control the sound in the room. You just need to do it. So absorption is a great way of doing it. And the other one, the other type, main type of thing is a diffuser, which scatters the sound around and it doesn't kind of make it bounce back in the way that you don't want it to. And that's a slightly less common uh, thing to see, especially in a home studio, but it's another thing to be aware of. Luckily for yourself, if your room is carpeted, then you automatically have part of the job done. So sound generally bounces from wall to wall, kind of back and forth. That's generally the way it works, especially in really bad rooms. But it also bounces up and down, so from floor to ceiling. So if you've got a carpet, then that's going to act to some degree as an absorber on the floor which is ideal. That is one of the hardest things. If you're in a wooden wooden floored room with the wood exposed, you've got a whole world of problems. <laughs> oh, well, more potential problems anyway. And that's just something to kind of bear in mind as well. So if you've got some money available, then I would say look into buying some acoustic absorption panels or look into making them. They're not that hard to make. If you've got the kind of space you want to permanently set up, that is definitely worth thinking about. So as I say, go into the room, clap. Clap as loud as you can. Clap around the room. Don't just stand in one place. And see what it sounds like. So the best place to start, if you've only got limited money, is bass traps, which are in the corners of the room. So generally, if your room is a, I don't know, a rectangle shape, then you've got four main corners that you want to think about. And the upper corners tend to be even more important than the lower corners. So if you've only got a little bit of money, that's where to focus. If you've got a bit more money, then you can focus on the walls as well. So you want to focus on making sure that sound doesn't bounce backwards and forwards. So if you've got foam on one side, have you got something on, you know, what what is it on the other side? Is it just a bare wall? What, what is it that it's going to stop bouncing? And a great way to... Um, work out where sound waves are going to bounce is with a mirror which is really uh, is really weird to think about but sound travels in a similar way to light so if you have i don't know a drum kit and you know where you set it up in the room say if you want to have a room microphone you want to have a bit of a bit of a kind of overall picture get a person sitting where that microphone generally would sit and then get a mirror and put it up on the wall and then find out where you can see the drum kit and that is where you want to start putting some foam on the wall so if you've got a bit more money that is again what to do diffusers again are a bit more money and they're they're worth it but they're more expensive and they're less important i think uh, some people are probably going to challenge me on that but there we are if you are in a room that's already got stuff in it um, or you can't do trimming, you haven't got money, things like that, don't worry. There are things that you can do. Now, the companies that make all this acoustic uh, material um, would tell you that, that is the best way to do it. And that's sure, I'm, I'm completely convinced that they're right, but it's not the only way to do it. And that is what to think about. So 
if you want some diffusers. A great alternative is a bookshelf filled with books um, because, you know, all the books are usually different heights and different widths and um, some of them are pushed further in and others. And what it does is it just sound hits the books generally and bounces around in all directions, which is really helpful. And all the, also the books absorb a little bit as well. So that's a really obvious thing to think about. But there are loads of things that you can do to help. So if you've got pillows, blankets, sofas, clothes, mattresses, um, they all will help you control things. Which sounds weird, but it's true. And it's a bit DIY. It won't look pretty, but it will help you get a better recording. And ultimately, I think what we all want is a great recording for our music. Who doesn't? I don't know why you wouldn't. So if you've um, got a really bouncy room and you've got a mattress, you're at home, then pick it up, put it on its side and put it against a wall. Kind of work out again using the mirrors and things like that where the really bad points are. And then just move it around the room and just see what really works. Again, if you're recording your living room or something like that, sofas. Sofas will do a good job of helping you absorb sound. And if you've got things like a clothes source, uh, that's a very British phrase. I don't know what it would be anywhere else. But I just know it's a clothes horse. If you've got that and you've got some pillows and blankets, then you can use those as just ways of controlling the room and controlling what's happening. So one of the biggest potential crunch points is when recording vocals. So vocals, you want to have a lot of detail in the voice and comb filtering and reflections. And these are all very technical phrases. They will all impede your vocal sound. And the vocal is ultimately, I don't care what genre you're in, controversial statement for some, the vocal is the most important thing in your music. So getting a great sound is so important. So a really obvious way again is getting a mattress put the mattress behind the singer and it'll stop reflections just bouncing into the microphone from there that's a great way of doing it alternatively if you've got a bit of money to spend consider buying a reflection filter loads and loads of companies make reflection filters i happen to know that aston microphones make one they um they look really weird and you look really weird when you're singing into it so it's like a little sort of semicircle of essentially foam and stuff that sits on a microphone stand and has the microphone in the middle of it so you sing into this sort of semicircle which again is really weird, but it'll get you a good vocal sound, which is all you want really out of this. What it does is it absorbs the sound um, sort of behind and around the microphone. So it really just focuses on the, the sound of the voice. Now, there are lots of genres where having a nice kind of ambience is really important and is really key. And you're sitting there listening to me talking going, yeah, but my music has lots of ambience and, you know, it just needs to sound kind of natural and, you know, everything that you're recommending just makes the room sound dead and it just makes it sound rubbish. What I would say to you is an artificial reverb is going to be better for your music than bad reverb. There is good and bad reverb. As I say, there's reverb that's going to help, but it's going to sound natural and have a great ambience. An obvious example is a kind of big old church building. They have great ambience, but bad reverb is just going to impede your music. It's not going to make it sound as good as you want. It's really not. And people like myself and people like Joe, we are really used to taking quite dry recordings that people have done at home, dry as in not much reverb, and then just adding ambience to make it sound natural, to make it sound great, or, you know, whatever the song needs. And to be honest, if, if I'm really honest with you, I can do so much more 
with a song that's recorded in acoustically dead space than with a song that's recorded in a space with really bad sounding ambience. And I know Joe will say the same thing. You can do so much more with it and it will sound so much better. So if you have your collection of microphones, you listen to our home studio episode and you've got your small collection of things to record, that's great. Consider acoustics. They're so, so important and they're so underrated. It will make or break your recording. It is that serious. So that was another episode of the Music Survival Guide podcast. If you want to email me, you can contact me at phil at vortissoundstudios.com. If you want to contact Joe, then it's joe at nevisaudio.com. Or you can contact us on Facebook, which is the Music Survival Guide podcast. Or you can email the podcast, musicsurvivalguide at gmail.com. If you want to give us a review on Apple Podcasts or any such like thing, then that would be ideal. We would love reviews um, because it helps us, it bumps us up the chart, helps more people to discover our podcast, and it's free. It's free for you to do, and that would be so, so helpful. I know it's a it's a time drain, but it would be really, really helpful for you to do that for us. We will see you next time. <laughs>